0: All right, guys. Well, we have a great new episode that we want to show and premiere for you guys right now. Um, I, we have hinted at this uh, a few episodes back, didn't we, Jordan? That was kind yeah, of uh, our... Yeah, that's right.
1: The, born from this idea of, of sort of bringing in more perspectives and voices through this DGDC uh, podcast and discussions we have, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this one is particularly special. It's something that we've been working on really. It's been a couple of months. It's been, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it has been, it's been about right when we were doing the brainstorm episode, we, we were thinking of this idea to, in the spirit of like, like you said, diversifying, getting more voices and more perspectives that might not be seasoned. might not have 10, 15 years plus, but a younger group of designers to come together and, um, I reached out to four designers that I know via through my teaching and through other things that I've done. And the cool part too, is they're in different parts of the country as well. Mm. Uh, We have Rubai, Steven, Narek, and Mike, and they are together known as the test pilots. So a while back, we, we kind of gave them the idea to like brainstorm themselves and come up with something unique. And uh, as we spoke to with them a little bit more and, clearly define what the role would be and what the show would be it became this neat thing about advice and they told us from their perspective i I don't think we could have ever thought of this part ourselves but they were like we as young designers are being constantly hit with advice from other designers that make it sound so easy to do right well, it's <laughs> always those things
1: that we all are told you know sort of like well, we can get into what they are, especially with the episodes, but, you know, doubling your rates or like cold calling or just any of these sort of like legacy laws that are passed down (laughs) generation (laughs) to generation. But, you know, what truth is there really? And and ultimately, I think a big part of dumping into this is like the three of us, you, me, and Mikhail have like a very, you know, perspective that's born from like our generation. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see like how these sort of legacy laws are passed down through like different generations and different points and perspectives to younger designers. Cause it's easier yeah. to like hindsight and say, Oh, this is what you should do. Right. Like never work for free. That's like, yeah, but I one. look back and I'm like, I always did when I started. Mm-hmm. like it's a, and, and so the advice we give as sort of more experienced designers, I'm just, you know, I like the, is it true? Does it actually make sense or is it stuff that like, we don't apply now, but we certainly did growing up. And maybe that was a part of like the success is you have to do these things yeah. that people say not to, or people say do certain, you know,
0: the opposite. And, and maybe it's not even the, the end result. That's the most interesting thing, but it is the journey getting there. Mm. Um So what the team did was they have picked their first task. You'll see about it in a little bit here in the episode, but the beautiful thing is they spend time, taking voice recordings through the weeks that they were testing out this advice to see if it would work. And they share some really good heartfelt like it is just one of the greatest things i've heard there i go i went ahead and and pimped it a little bit it's really something so good and it's such i think most younger designers or even just new designers in this in this field will really appreciate their 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 like transparency their candor and their honesty when it comes to these feelings of like anxiety and stuff and trying to do something and better yourself and
2: better your career
1: yeah. And in in this kickoff episode, I think is it hits it so well, you know, because, again, we developed the show with them and they kind of took it and ran and, and we weren't sure how it was going to end up, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, how how are you going to take, a, you know, an idea? And this first episode is all about doubling your rate, you know, and that's something we're all told. And to have these four young designers test that in mm-hmm. the real working world and then actually capture it along the way, sort of like journaling this this test that they're doing by doubling the rate, seeing what clients say, seeing what comes out of it. And then having this test and then result at the end was just, the podcast is awesome. One, I think it's like, <laughs> you know, kudos. What I think makes it special is they're all so open and vulnerable. And the, the design ego and myself included, like sometimes it's hard to to actually be that open and honest, especially when it's being recorded. Yeah, uh, And it's like they're real work. Like these were real clients. These are real jobs they took on. They're actually embracing this thing and bringing it into their actual business. And so yeah. the podcast for me is like, It is so enjoyable and interesting to kind of hear the journey in real time as they go through
0: it. I I totally agree, man. I I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. We would love for you guys to participate. Let them know how they did, if it inspired you, if it made you maybe go out there and say, I'm going to try to do what they just did because you'll find that it's worth the shot and it's worth trying these things. Again, it's that process and the path you take to get there. Also, if you have any ideas for future Advice, future things they should be testing that you've heard along the way, let us know as well. We plan to do a few of these a year. They do take a little bit of time. Jordan and I know a little bit about putting big (laughs) programs and podcasts (laughs) together, but I'm telling you, uh, you're really going to love this. This is the first episode of The Test Pilots.
3: The test pilot. Why don't we take that idea? All the advice.
4: See if all this stuff is actually what it is.
5: And we're here to test that. What's up, everybody? Listeners all over the globe, uh, you know, we're, we're here to introduce ourselves. We're, we're four young designers, um, hardworking in the industry, design industry, and we're here to test kind of the industry advice that's given to us over the years, and um, you could probably look at us as, like, design Mythbusters. And so, you know, today we got me, Stephen Overturf,
3: Michael
6: Purpo.
4: Rubai Joffer.
6: Narek Magnetsian.
5: Nice. Yeah, and we're, we're here to solve some problems or make light of them.
3: Nice. That's great. So the, the main idea is, is, yeah, that was perfect. Uh, the main idea is going to be um, that we're going to take these Often given piece of advice, and we're going to put them to the test and see if they're actually real. And this episode, the f- the first one we thought we would do, is a piece of advice that the, the inaugural episode seems like we get it. I've gotten it a bunch of times. I don't know if it, you guys, but it's to double our rates. I feel like I have been told, or to the the real piece of advice is, you know, charge what you're worth, but. The directive has always been to double our rates, at least starting out. I mean, I'm three years in the industry and I get constantly told by other designers, ah, you need to charge more because you're undershooting yourself or you're undercutting the industry. Uh, I mean, I've gotten a lot. Have you guys gotten that?
4: Oh, yeah. I've
6: graduated in May and I don't know how many times I've heard that just in the last couple of months. You know, it's like. Oh, you should. Like, this is the only way to make money, you know? It's like, and then every time you talk about money, you're like, okay, this is how much I'm going to charge. Everyone was like, double it, triple it. Everybody you
3: always, know? every as soon as you say what your rate is, everyone's like,
6: oh, that's
3: not accurate that's because nothing. no matter you what. Know, and it's yeah. like
6: someone who has been doing this for like 15 years, like obviously it's nothing for you, but I haven't even been doing this for one year. It's like, obviously it's going to be less, you know, who's, who's, who's going to pay a uh, twenty-two-year-old that's been doing exactly. something for two months—you know, like the industry rate—like it's right, crazy. Right, right.
5: It's it's weird because especially like as soon as you graduate college and or even in college for that matter, and you're being asked, you don't know what to charge. Like you have no idea what the rate is unless you know someone along the way was like, "Hey, this is how much you should be charging" or whatever. Yeah. And but. You know, for the most part, you're like kind of guesstimating that number. You don't know how much to charge. I didn't. I was charging like fifteen bucks for like 15 poster designs, twenty bucks post poster you know. designs in college, and people were like, "Yeah, that'll work. We can yeah. do that." And <laughs> or sure if
3: it's friends like, and family, man, and it gets even crazier.
4: When they asked for that G- discount. <laughs>
3: yo, can you just do me a logo? Can you? I've done so many logos and so many business cards and so many resumes and tattoos. And what I've started doing is a lot of times I just kind of am like, you know, on the house. Because if (laughs) I start charging you, if I start charging you, you're not going to like how fast it's going to get expensive. And I'm going to feel tied to that work. So like for tattoos, it's like, yeah, I'll do it free. But you get no no revisions. As soon as you get into revisions, then it's like, we're going to start talking dollars. But like, who wants to talk, who wants to like, yo, they want a logo. It's like, yeah, I don't want to tell them it's going to be, you know, 75 bucks an hour, you know, $500 up front kind of thing. It's like, ah, it just gets so yeah. complicated. Especially mm-hmm. now
5: since, you know, we've been out, we've been out of school or we've done this for so long or not for so long, but we've done this a number of years now to where we kind of have an idea of how the process is. And so we're like, Oh, we kind of know, where that range is. And, you know, yeah. for, for for us who've been, you know, working for a company, we start to see numbers, you know, get thrown yeah. around and, and what people are willing to pay in our, our respective states or cities. And and then you kind of like, okay, maybe maybe I should up my prices or maybe I should change them to kind of reflect what everybody else is paying. Um, but but then at the same time, you still hear other designers in the industry. It's like, oh, no, that's still not enough. Like it's still like char- char- charge more. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I can. Do
3: you think it's one of those things you just raise it until you like get a no and then you like kind of like go backwards sort of thing or? I mean, Um, personally
4: for me, that's what it's been like. And I I feel like it really just depends on the client too. Um, And if they really understand the value and how important design is and the factor of like you're really paying what you get. So, or like you're, yeah, what you get is what you pay for or Mm -hmm. so. Um, So, yeah, I, I really feel like that all has to be factored in and like, if it's a startup or if it's a just like a friend or if it's a well-established yeah. business, there's just so many factors to put into that and keep in mind.
3: So, Rubai, like before we even get too far down the road, we just kind of flirted around it right there. And yep. let's just be a little bit brutally honest. What In your mind, when you calculate the cost of projects... Just like give me a ballpark, maybe not a friend or family, but maybe give a, a different one for a friend or family. What would you say your alley rate is just if for design work?
4: Hourly, I would say it ranges probably from like 45 to like 65.
6: Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm in the like, wait, I'm like the 20, 25 range. Yep. I don't know. That's, that's what I think is. That's what I was told. Like, this is what you're going to get out of school, and this is what you're going to get, get like, $25. But um, what I've learned with that is most of the time that comes back to bite me. When I tell someone $20, they're like, all right. And then, you know, in their head, they're, like, counting, like, Definitely. seven different projects I'm going to do for them. And yeah. I'm going to be like, he's going to do it in, like, four hours, and I'm going to yeah. pay him 80 bucks." you know. So now, <laughs> well, like, like I've totally given up on that idea of hourly because, like, it's it's just hurt me, you know. It's, like, yeah. not like, hurt me, but, like, it, it th- always comes back to bite. So now I give out the value where I'm like $350, you know, $400. And nice. then they're like, okay. You know, like they think about it. And um, when I talk to them, I'm trying to convince them of that. Uh, this is a value. This is something that you're like, you're buying. You know, you're not just like, because if, if I can do it fast, then why, why should I get hurt for it? You know, if I can do a logo in 20 minutes, right. it doesn't mean it's exactly. worth you know, I've $10. You
3: know. Stephen, what, what, what's your rate? Sorry, Ruby. <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah, kind of like Nark is saying. Like I do, I do, do value based pricing. But you know, if I was to do an at like hourly rate, it'd be like seventy five dollars an hour. Yeah. Um, I, on the value side of things, I have I typically have a minimum, and it's I won't start a project or won't do a project unless it's a certain amount or asterisk like it's I'm doing some sort of trade. And so like mm-hmm. if it's I'm trade I'm trading a logo for someone else's service that I can benefit from, then that price will look different. I'll still more than likely charge them as a, a like actual, you know, currency or, you know, a cost, but it's going to be less than what I typically would because I'm also receiving an additional, you know, whatever they can provide for me.
4: Um, I was going to ask, when it comes to those projects you guys have where you just have like a flat rate, do you ever, because this is something I personally do with a lot of freelance clients, I give them like three rounds of revisions, and then anything exceeding that, if they're just being too nitpicky, I then go into like an hourly rate, so that way they're like, really cautious with the feedback they give. Do you I always guys, put that in any- the
3: writing, I always put that in the proposal, <laughs> however... I've actually never really gotten to that mark. And the reason why is because... Do you know when you get to the end of a project where you're like, the you know, you bounce back and forth, these big kind of swings where it's, you know, here's the first one and then they send revisions. And then you do a second one and maybe it's like a direction kind of into the revision. Yeah. And then the second one. And then the third one is just like, oh, can he just change this thing? It's like, yes. However, I feel like sometimes... You get into like the, uh, if you give a, uh, what is it? If you give a mouse a cookie, it's like you just oh, give yeah. them like a little freebie and then they just, before you know it, you're on, you know, was it file 47 final underscore <laughs> final <Yeah>. final underscore <laughs> fuck.
4: <laughs> I found that really useful when clients like have made mistakes on their end in regards to, like measurements on something or like personally yeah. with me and packaging and stuff like I've found that I've had to do that because it's something that the uh, client didn't inform so having to go back and making changes accordingly. But I was just curious if you guys ever went to that extent.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the a similar boat as like Michael was saying is, you know, it, it never gets to that point for me. I like right when I graduated college, I took on a project with an olive oil company, Michael, out in North Carolina, believe it or not. Very cool. And, uh, you know, it was it got to the point and I don't work with him anymore. And it was it was like a packaging type project and it was like olive oil bottles. And it got to the point where I was like charging them seventy five dollars an edit be like wow. like edit request. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we need these 20 these 10 things changed. I was like, okay, well it's it's $75. And because I, I one, I knew it wasn't taking me a long time to make those changes, but it was it was all it was so frequent. It was like quick turnaround time and like the the initial design was already done and with all the information that they had given me so they they were essentially changing the information that they were giving me so in that in that respect yes i've gotten to that point rubai like i'm now charging an additional fee from what we initially agreed upon because i'm working overtime on that said project for me at
3: least um, when i was doing when i was doing design freelance work Um, I don't do it as much now because I'm trying to kind of leave that part at work right now Uh, I I used to do right around 40 bucks an hour and I would do value-based pricing a lot of times and I would always give them a discount if they kept me on retainer that was kind of always my goal is I always wanted to stay on retainer however now uh, for this project what I did was I was doing freelance painting and uh, I do watercolors And the way I do pricing, it depends on the size of the painting, because one, it's going to take more paint, and two, more paper, and three, a lot more time. As you scale up, it it takes a lot more time to fill detail in. So I do, based on size, I base it on subject, so the complexity of the subject. If you're having me paint like a sunrise, I can just throw a wash in there, but if you're having me paint architecture, it's a little bit more, and every time that there's a face in it, charge... I usually say $75 a face. And that seems to be enough that people don't make me do like family portraits <laughs> because I don't want to do family <laughs> portraits. So, it, you know, it's, it's funny. Like you can kind of do, like if someone hit me up and was like, yo, I'll pay you $700. If you're, if you $750 to do this 10 person family portrait, I'd be like, Jesus, but I'd still do it. You know, $750 yeah. is enough, whatever. Yeah. A pair of Yeezys or whatever. So, <laughs> Let's get down to business. Let's talk about the actual projects that we did. So for the people that are listening right now, the whole goal of the test pilots are we're going to take these pieces of advice, the, you know, for this time, double your rates, and we are going to put it to the test and see if we come out with anything. I kind of I, – I don't actually know how these all ended up for everybody. I know about just for myself. And I kind of hope that we don't all succeed. I, it would kind of be a bad story if we all just do great. So, yeah, these guys are <laughs> waving at the screen because it's like I can tell that there's going to nope. be a plot twist somewhere around here. <laughs> uh, so, we're gonna, we all did that. We had about a month or so to see if we could find someone to pay us for doubling our rates. Um, and here's our stories. So, maybe um, – does anybody want to start? I don't mind I going go. first. Bye-bye. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, Rubai, go for it. Okay, Bye-bye. so for me, the, most, the, like, the main struggle was actually trying to find a client. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people who are like, yeah, we'll get something started. And then it's always like the emails back and forth and back and forth. And it was really funny, literally a couple hours right before we decided to record this, I got the phone call saying like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. We're actually gonna be recording the podcast in a couple of hours, so the timing of this couldn't be any more perfect. Um, I just got off the phone with a client, and I officially have a freelance client for this. I did have to sign an NDA, but we were able to have the pricing work out to where it made me successful and able to actually put that advice to the test and have it work. So yeah, I'm really stoked about it. Um, hopefully I'll be able to share some of what I make soon. Um, overall, it, it's it's a very happy day. Um, I'm stoked and I'm still amazed by the timing. But yeah, good news. I wasn't able to double, but I was able to raise the price by 25%, nice. which is like something. So I think yeah. that, that was pretty yeah. awesome. There was a lot no, of like freaking checks and out. Forth. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's for a logo. So, like, it was a pretty steep price to begin with. So, I, I completely understand why they'd only want to do 25% more. Um, yeah. And, I mean, to be honest, I was genuinely so hesitant to even, like, say the number. Yeah. So,
3: it's so I, real, man. I got those <laughs> yeah. jitters when I, when I typed it out, and I literally, like, almost deleted my message and, like, almost rewrote it. It's so intense. Why do we it feel really that is. way around money? Why do we feel that?
4: I don't, I don't know. It's such, like, it's It's so weird because it's, like, you're really, I mean, money really sets things into, like, motion when it comes to, like, really realizing how much your work is worth. Um, for me, it was, like, I was trying so hard not to have a shaky voice because this was all happening over the phone. Like, it was oh. a phone call. So, I was, like, trying so hard not to, like, just blurt out a lower number, but I was, like, going to do it. I had to, like, literally type it out on my phone and just read it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah
3: so what can you can you give us some 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 deets on this or how much are you allowed to share about this
4: so from what i know my client is sending an nda so i will say my normal pricing for a logo is usually like 750 minimum perfect so we just we agreed upon something close to like 900 or so and i feel like that's the most info i can give but the good thing is he also has like brands that are going to be under that main brand so i know that there's more projects that are going to come down the Hell line yeah. so just to keep it cohesive he's going to stick with the same designer so i know it's going to be worth it in the long run that's
3: awesome man yeah. yo <laughs> so that's so exciting
5: is that like is that price just for the the parent company and then there will be more uh i guess like the more logos that you do for them it'll be You'll have to quote him again for those other ones?
4: Yeah, basically. Sweet. So it wasn't
5: wasn't just like that one price for all of them.
4: No, it's just for the main parent company. And then from there, he's like, there's all these sub-brands. I'm going to need packaging and all this other stuff. So I'm like, it's a ripple effect. So you set the
5: precedent
3: at 25% increase, but you're going to get like six of those. So basically, Rubai got like (laughs) a 400% (laughs) increase. Boom, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. So uh, give me like an idea of... Um, the size of this project related to other projects you've done in the past. Um, Is Um, this like a big one? Is this a small one, middle size?
4: Honestly, this is probably the biggest one, which is like what's wild to me. Because most of the times it's like already working for a brand that's pre-existing. If not, it's just like a small startup or something. But like this guy actually has funding. He's trying to get things like FDA approved and stuff. So like I know he's the real deal. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's
5: I think that's a win. win I think yeah, yeah. Rabbi is I mean, making more it. money than she typically would have on a project. That's a W. Boom. I, I mean, w. if I she's like making that.
6: Yeah. Uh hundred and fifty dollars more, I mean, it's not double, but when you you know multiply by six or five or how many more other projects she's going to get out of this, like that's going to be like she got a separate other project that yeah, you know, it's going to be like, like rip- one full price. It's awesome. like Adam, you know, yeah. just doing a challenge. That's crazy.
3: Narc, do you want to uh, go next and tell us, tell us <laughs> okay. about your experience?
6: Well, I mean, the the part about this is uh, I don't have that much experience. You know, like I didn't have a proposal. I didn't have a contract. I didn't have, yeah. a, I didn't even have much experience, like talking to a client like that. Everything I had before was like things that I knew, people I knew. Okay. And it's kind of random. I don't actually have an update on the project. I've never, I think I, I already said this. But building a contract and a and a proposal I don't know for someone who's a professional designer I don't know why it's taking me so long and why it's causing me anxiety but maybe I should just push through it and get it done I know I'm not do it one of these days at like 2 a.m or something but um I'm kind of feeling overwhelmed with work and you know personal life and family and trying to balance it all and i think it's a struggle that that maybe we don't talk about or it's a challenge and i knew there were going to be challenges along the way so i think i just have to push through and get these done because this client is waiting on me you know i gotta make that money so 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 this thing happened someone i knew but they they contacted me with like another person i don't want to say things because i feel like they might listen to this and they might know but you know it, it's not. It's not bad on them. It's all my fault. So, <laughs> uh, what happened was. I think it's been a week since I last recorded something. I have contacted someone who was previously interested in a logo. I mean, she told me. I mean, we, we've spoken before. She's a friend, a friend from school, and um, she works for someone who needs design work done. I'm. I'm not the best at reaching out to people um so this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a fun challenge I've never actually made a proposal or a contract that's that's something else that I'm gonna have to kind of teach myself and learn I talked to this person and they said okay let's do a logo for us for this brand like this nonprofit thing and I was like they were like how much would you charge for something like that we don't have a lot of money and I was like, I don't know, like three hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> like I yeah, just said yeah. that. Yeah, how
3: much you got? Yeah. yeah, I was
6: like, I was like, I said that before, before we even did this whole podcast thing, you know. And then she like, I didn't hear anything for like a month or so, and then after we did our thing, like that same week, I was in contact with them, and they were like, okay, let's, I'll set you up with the person, the contact person, whatever. And then they were like, yeah, we we saw your portfolio website. It was great. we we, we were told about your rates. It was great. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I talked to them and then like kind of everything just started going bad from there. You know, like at first I was like, I'll oh, get so? to the proposal. I'll get to the contract. I'll eventually do it, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple of days passed. This this whole point, I've started a new job, you know, like my first oh. design job. So, I'm oh. like, you know, I'm at work full time. I come home and this is the first time that I've had to design 40 hours a week and that's all I do like I'm on Photoshop every single I'm on Illustrator every single day I'm uploading images I'm like exporting it's like organization my computer like it's crazy you know my brain is getting like and then and then I'm like I'll get to it I'll get to it you know in the back of my head like I'm not even keeping track of time I know it's not gonna end well you know in the back of my head I'm like oh I'm gonna salvage it I'm gonna salvage it I'm gonna make it work at one point well this is something unfortunate that happened was most of California was on fire there's like these crazy fires I don't know um probably everyone knows by now by the time this episode airs but like the sky is orange and um I have to, like not only do I have to wear a mask when I'm doing anything i'm just I just have to wear a mask when I'm by myself because I can't even breathe anymore so that's that's an interesting update that's a very twenty twenty thing to happen also our offices got flooded. And unfortunately, there was a problem with the pipes next door, so that's an interesting development so instead of focusing on you know my freelance when I get home i'm i was I'm very tired because i've I've had to kind of you know clean up and help out doing some non design things that's another challenge another thing you know there's fires on one side there's a flooded off office on the other side I'm sure michael and Steven and Rubai are having their own struggles and their own problems. So this, is, this has been, you know, truly an interesting challenge. So now I'm going into work. I'm not even designing at this point. I'm literally doing, like, manual labor, carrying out my shit. And <laughs> stuff. But luckily, like, I take my computer home with me. I take all my electronics. Like, it's mine. It's my property, so I keep it with me. But, you know, there was, like, it's my office. It's all messed up. Like, it's concrete now because they have to rip everything off. So at one point I had to actually like, you know, this person contacted me again. I didn't even reply. Like I was so like ah. overwhelmed. I would just come home and like take a nap, you know. And it's like smoky outside, and like you know, there's a pandemic going on. I, come, I at one point I forgot about like <laughs> that there's a pandemic going on. I'm yeah, like I forgot
5: Whoa. about the world existed outside yeah. of the exactly.
6: World. It was just it was just like negatives and negatives and negatives. So I like they reached out. They were like, hey, is this something you're still interested in? And I was like, you know what as much as i'm interested in it because it's still design and it's still, like i can't do it and i don't want to hold mm-hmm. you guys up anymore but the small win that i had <laughs> was um i upload my designs on redbubble and Teepublic. okay and um someone told me some youtube video or someone someone told me um when you put your stickers on redbubble and you get a sale you get a commission it's a couple of cents it's only like you get like 25 cents or something you can set that percentage from 20% to 120% and you'll still get sales. I increased the percentage of my stickers on Redbubble and I think my shirt. Even though I've only gotten like two or three sales, I have increased my percentages to over 100%. So what I used to make before was 20%. So if I sold something that was... $2 I would only make 20 cents but now if I if I sell something it's it's actually $4 you know but you know I'll make more I make like $2 so instead of I don't have to sell 10 stickers to make $2 now I can just sell one and make $2 and I I sold a couple of things and um I don't know. I think there's traffic going to my stores organically. I'm not advertising. I haven't even posted on my feed. Um, But that's a way that I quickly doubled my rates and earned, you know, a couple of dollars. Obviously, I can scale this more and grow it. Okay, so instead of making 20 cents, you'll make $2, which is like, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. So I did that. I was like, you know what? This stuff counts. Yeah, but it it
5: adds up over time, you know?
6: And I said that in the first, the first, I think when I did the first recording, I even said that I was like, this is something I'm going to do. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't even care about that. I'm going to get all this money from this logo job. I'm yeah. going to be the Are other Are you thing, sold like, any
3: stickers, do you think? I
6: did. I did. And they sold it. I, like, I got $2 two out of it, you know. Let's yeah. go.
5: <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. And, yeah. $2. And, and,
6: and uh, I got a couple of sales. So I think. I, I'm up to like fourteen dollars now, or something.
5: Yeah, and, gee, that's and, awesome.
2: <laughs> and, and,
6: and I put the same designs on TeePublic, and I sold it. So I'm up to like twelve bucks on TeePublic. You're and an the crazy designer This story. You're the a <laughs> story. And I and I sold it on shirts and a mask, I think. And so now, um, that the cool thing about TeePublic and Red, Redbubble is maybe we can talk about this in an episode one day. Is it's a print-on-demand. So you as yeah. a designer, all you have to do is just upload and the company takes care of everything and they just pay you for, you know, having your art up there. So that is is sponsored
5: by Public or Redbubble. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you guys want a link for either one of those. You know. <laughs> um,
6: but, it, but it was one of those things where I just like I put it up and I don't know, random people bought it. And I thought it was my friends at first, but I looked at the sales and they were like random people dude that's, that's awesome. so cool
3: that is honestly that's awesome that was a roller coaster of a ride <laughs> but honestly that was that couldn't have ended any better that's
6: such a great
5: story logo project to a warehouse being flooded to yeah. selling stickers <laughs> and t-shirts online. yeah it, it was,
6: and making, it was nick, hard to not tell you guys about the. i think even <laughs> nick asked at one point he was like how's your job i'm like i can tell them now i even had photos and videos on my phone that <laughs> i was going to send you guys but then i'm like it'll be more interesting if i just get like a reaction out of you I haven't even Dude, told them. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell Nick. We, after need, we
5: this. need to like clip it, like clip this part of your story for social, for the DGDC social, and then also yeah. include the videos. <laughs> yeah. Of the flo- flooding warehouse.
6: Oh, you, you should see my office now because they cut the drywall out. So like, literally, my office is empty. Like half of it is just cut off because it was all water damage. So I'm just sitting there. Like you can see my legs from the outside. Um, but it's 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 been a ride, yeah. That was another thing, but I learned a lot. You know, I learned. You know, now I'm not, I, before I accept any other jobs, before I accept anything, I'm gonna make a contract for myself. I'm gonna make a proposal template. I'm gonna get it all checked, and then I'm gonna start like, okay, yeah, you can you can ask. Dude, me freelance
3: today. man, it's a freaking wild west. It yes, is. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. Uh, one thing, I mean, I I think if I was to show someone what my. Uh, what my early contracts were. It's literally like me typing it out and as like formal writing as I can on an email and being like, by replying to this with confirm, then you're signing this contract. And it's like, I don't Uh, think that would hold up in law if we're being honest here. You'd
5: you'd be surprised. Like I I have an electronic contract that I had a friend of mine who is a lawyer go over and I was like, hey, is this like binding? And she goes, I mean, if they sign that, if you have down there like, You, this is an electronic signature. If you sign this, Mm. you know, and it has their email attached to it. She's like, I mean, by law, that's accepting just as much as like a verbal contract or like something written. So I'm like, okay. Luckily, I haven't had, luckily, I haven't had any issues, but you know, so far, so good. I mean,
4: even text messages can back you up on that type of stuff. I once had a client who just started dodging my phone calls when it came to paying me, so much to the point I had to like, use my boyfriend's phone with her not knowing that it was my phone number. And then she finally picked up and I was like, Hey, yeah, you owe me. I have the text. Hey, and It's all there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take out your knees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
3: intense, man. Yeah. So Steven, what do you, uh, what was your experience like? Three,
5: three projects that I was able to, you know, test this one over the past month and a half. Um, and I guess I'm one for three. Um when it comes to actually payment, I'm 0 for 3. Um I've had one potential client accept the offer, but there is the the project has yet to start. Um so I'll run through those. Uh the first one is a um was a semi-professional sports team here in Arkansas. Okay, so I just had a conversation with a potential client who is needing a logo slash rebrand for his semi-professional soccer club here in Arkansas. Um, not going to say which one. There's a few, but um, yeah. And so he was looking to revise his logo because it looked a lot like uh, Wolverhampton um, in Europe, um, an uh, actual pro team. And so what we wanted to do there was Change the aspects, you know, elements of it um, to be a little bit more original, but to kind of keep that same feel as a wolf head, uh, maybe create a badge or crest like you would typically see in most soccer organizations. Um, so yeah, so we're doing that. The The big caveat that he is needing is a two week turnaround time, which is a super big rush project. Um, and so I gave him the basically option I was like, okay, this is like one direction only one round of edits, primary and secondary logo marks, a uh, two week turnaround time, pricing him at two grand with a deposit of one grand. Um, and this is primarily for that two week turnaround time, super rush, you know, uh, I usually take longer than that to do my first drafts. And so we're looking at a full rebrand, full logo in two weeks. And a lot of it's for jerseys and other materials that they're needing um, in such a short amount of time. They're ordering jerseys like in two weeks. And so they need it by that time. So send him an email. Um, We'll see what he says they were looking for something uh for a new logo new brand um but they were looking for like a 2 week turnaround time wow i i needed to approach the project as such and so you know yeah. i gave them a, a, essentially a rush charge um, yeah what
3: kind of how do you calculate that kind of rush charge
5: you know there's <laughs> There's no really mathematical way of doing it. For me for me it's It's like by feel. (laughs) You know, it's definitely by feel. It's like, man, how much do I wanna make off this? How much, you know, what's worth kinda like my time? If I'm gonna if I'm gonna turn around and do something in two weeks you know, I want a good chunk of money out of it. And that, like, I'm not, like, greedy, but it's, like, I don't want to just make the normal amount when I'm, like, stressing myself over something like this, you know? Yeah. And so... we are going
3: to have to cancel plans or you're going to have to... Yeah, yeah, ...not yeah. do something that you wanted to do. Right.
5: Yeah. And they were one a two-week turnaround time. And the thing that they kept saying was a partnership. They were like, hey, we're looking for a partnership. And I, I was trying to get that out of them as far as what they meant by it. And so I eventually send them over a quote, you know, email them, I say, hey, here's the total cost. Here's, I need a deposit, you know, just like we all do. Um, and the cost was like two grand. Mm-hmm. And... What,
3: can, what kind of deposit do you require for a two grand project, so, just yeah, hypothetically? I,
5: no matter no matter the cost, um, it's 50% up front. 50% up front. Now, if, nice. if, if if there's like a, a, a client or a business they're like, man, we, we can't really do that, I'll work with them. You know, I'll be like, okay, well... You know, paying installments, you know, so it's like 25% up front, but I need 50% by the first draft or something like that to where Mm. it's like, I'm kind of guaranteeing my 50% before they see anything almost, you know, it's like, oh, if if this week you can give me 25%, you know, in two more weeks, I need the other 25% and then we can show you drafts or whatever like that.
1: Yeah,
3: so. That's a good way to kind of like secure yourself
5: yeah and and uh so sent out the quote and immediately got back like uh rejection quoted the guy two grand for a two-week turnaround time project um, deposit of one grand and this is what the response that i got um man i really appreciate the time you took in speaking with me the other day and putting this together as much as we need this we just can't afford that right now i hate it but it's reality in time we can but we were really looking for more of a partnership of sort i know your work has value to it and i wouldn't want to take away from that at all just being transparent with you most of us are donating our time and dipping in our pockets to keep this alive kind regards so you know worth a shot shot in the dark definitely a lot of like struggles there with the quick turnaround time Um, obviously, you know, the price goes up and just kind of give you an idea here in Arkansas, you know, it's hard to, to price certain things, especially startups or new businesses, very, very high. And so, you know, maybe $2,000 isn't a lot to, um, a big business, but it is to someone who is strictly volunteer or strictly, you know, like this guy said, dipping into their own pockets, um, you know his position and other coaches positions for the the soccer club um, is all volunteer based. And so totally understand. I'm not offended, Um, but, you know, would have loved to do the project. Hopefully in the future, you know, I can work on it. Hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's a, it's lower than this. I know, you know, in Arkansas, we've definitely got to watch our market. You know, it's, it's a, cheaper way of living here in arkansas and so not everybody has thousands of dollars laying around that they can spend and um especially when it comes to new business you know they want to try to budget as 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 much as possible and and every penny is is worth saving so totally get where this guy's coming from and and uh hope the best for him and they were definitely you know Against the price, they thought it was too much, but also, you know, their the semi-professional team is not so much like a well-oiled organization yet. It's yeah. a lot of volunteers, they're spending uh, their hard-earned money for jerseys and advertising, and, you know, so they're not even – like the coaches and the people running it aren't even getting paid um, from – the professional team or semi-professional team, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so again, he, you know, the, the client was like, you know, I'm looking for a partnership. So I asked him again, I said, Hey, can you expand on that idea? Yeah. And so eventually he was just saying, you know, basically kind of wanted free work and, um, or something really, really cheap to bring alongside somebody so they could get a lot of work. And, you know, help their uh, design future, I guess you could say. Someone had worked with them before and now they're working for an actual professional team. So he tried to use that as leverage. And, you know, for me that doesn't work. Exposure doesn't really mean a ton to me. Um, yeah. and so I think that's what he was looking for. Of just like, Hey, hundreds of people will see your work. And I'm like,
3: Oh my God. yeah. But so you know, what, what kind of like price were they looking for? Were they I, looking for know, like a, like a hundred dollar kind of?
5: Yeah, stuff? I think, I think so. I think Jesus. that they were looking for something super cheap and, you know, given here in Arkansas, we're, you know, we're a pretty low cost of living state. And so, you know, my market isn't people who are really wealthy who can throw around, a lot of money at one time, you know? And so I got where they were coming from, but for something for a two week turnaround time and something that was potentially going to grow into a much bigger thing, you know, hopefully I, I was like, you know, I, this, this means a lot more to me than what they're offering. And so I responded saying, Hey, you know, I, I appreciate you wanting me to work on it. Um, just at the time I can't, I can't work on it because of the cost and, you know, what you're wanting out of it. And so it was, yeah. it was a lot, a lot more work um, than most projects would be, you know, and I, and I gave them the options of like, Hey, it's, it'll, it's this much with one edit and that's it. Call it a day. And yeah. so, you know, for something to be so quick, you start to start to take away certain things from them and, and,
3: at that point, it kind of is like not even. Um, it, it kind of loses the fun of the project. It sounds like it was a fun project, yeah. But it's like, oh no! But we only want to pay, you know, this much. And we only want one edit, and then it's like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to just trying to check a box. Yeah, like, they're, they're, you know, you need a logo. Here's a logo.
5: Really trying to milk it, and it, it would have been fun for me because I like to do sports logos, especially soccer, which I played. And so, you know, it would've been fun, but at the same time, I I need this to be worth my time. So that was was project number one. So second project uh, had a business couple contact me. Um, They're starting a new therapy clinic. All right, guys, I had another uh, project come through the pipeline. This time uh, is with a new physical therapy clinic that's starting uh, up in Northwest Arkansas. Um, was not able to quote them double the amount that I typically charge, but it was a considerably considerably more. I'm um, not really allowed to talk about the price as, the, as they wanted to refrain from me talking about that sort of thing, which I understand. But yeah, it's Physical Therapy Clinic. They're going to be brand spanking new. They're going to be venturing out to other sorts of therapies along the way. Um, but typically, it's, it's strictly going to be physical therapy right when they open up. So yeah, they sent them a quote. See what we hear back, I guess. This is their first business that they've started. And they were wanting full brand, full scale, complete style guide, you know, the whole nine. Luckily, uh, the girl um, had worked with a, had been on side with a marketing company before. And so she kind of knew what was expected for that sort of project. And so I was like, this is kind of my opportunity to double up my cost or raise it exponentially and see, you know, if the fish bites. Right. Yeah. And so I did just that. Um, can't, I, I agree to, to not say no the price for them. Um, but it's, I mean, one of the bigger projects I'll work on as a, as a logo designer, you know, f- full scale, like primary, secondary colors type, nice. like you name it, I'm going to hopefully eventually do it. And so the, the biggest issue was, was hearing back from them. Um, that was one thing that was kind of a struggle is getting in contact with them and then hearing back and then ultimately sent them over a real quote. I thought I was going to get ghosted again. It was a couple days, few days before I heard it back from them. So I sent another message, another email. It's like, hey, just want to check in. You As know, per my last my last per, email, per, per my last email, and uh, for me, I was scared that they were going to ghost. You know, I thought I was like, man, here here we go. I priced way too high. Yeah, you know they're going to completely you know go with someone else who's going to be super cheap. Finally got a response and they accepted. Good news, we got an approval. Had to kind of bug the client a few times, uh, sent off the quote, Um, didn't hear back for an entire week. And eventually I stopped contacting them after two or three text messages and an email or two. Um, And was just like, okay, we're just not going to hear back. Maybe they didn't like the price and decided to ghost, but eventually I got a text back and they were gung-ho about it. They just aren't going to move forward quite yet. They wanted to get their business loan in, but they approved the price. So once we get, once once they get that squared away, we'll be able to move in on the project and start. So raising my prices for this time worked. Um, uh, next phase, we'll be waiting on them to get their business loan in and then sign some paperwork and then we're off. Um, and nice. so big win the the thing that we're waiting on now is a business loan. So this was something that I didn't think huh. you had thought of, um, especially starting a new business. They're not going to start paying on anything until they get that business loan, especially a new business loan. And so even on the creative services part of it, it's it's that was interesting to hear. Of I don't really I don't really get that a ton. Usually I have businesses come to me who are either already established or who have the money. to to go ahead and start, you know, tomorrow. And so...
3: Seems like they're kind of putting the cart before the horse with this whole uh, branding situation. You think that you got to like...
5: Yeah, so that was, you know, three weeks ago um, that they had accepted. And so, you know, I recently reached back out haven't heard anything, so we're we're back at that phase of like, man, I really hope this kind of like comes through, so I can get the ball rolling. I don't, I really don't. My hands are tied. I really don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So it's you God, know, God, I hate that phase right now. It's like, did I win this or did I lose it? You know, is doubling your rate or price, you know, is it as easy as it, people say it is? You know.
3: Well, I mean, you just did it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you doubled your rates and you sent it to him and like. Yo, if you hadn't doubled it and you send it to them and say you get hooked up for like that one and you just get conned for, for a a shitty logo and it's cheap and you just kind of spin your wheels on it. It's like, dude, maybe you saved money by not spending time. You know, I think that, God, that's a good soundbite. Yeah. And this, Uh, this wasn't
5: even, (laughs) this wasn't even one that like I send like a full proposal deck, you know, and and I've been freelancing for like five years. And so I didn't really have a proposal deck ready. I would, you know, kind of like NARC was saying, I just sent them an email of like, here's your, here's your price, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And i I still do contracts and stuff, but like it wasn't as formal and they accepted, but so is it a win? Is it a loss? I'm not sure yet. Hopefully it turns out to be a win. Um, I I think it's a win for the most part as, Oh, I doubled my rate or I increased my rate and they accepted the offer. So it's like, okay. I guess testing it worked. Now it's yeah. Now it's the next phase of following through and actually doing the project and getting paid.
3: That's fascinating. I think that it's very um it's very interesting getting into that stage. I, I'm sure that the rest of you guys have have had this situation where you get to that committed sort of thing. And then, I mean, I'm in it right now with I do my company's podcast and we have a sponsor and they're on the hook and they've sent everything in. They've made the landing page. They've put in the promo code. They've uh, sent me all the ad copy. They have everything all set up and the episode. I'm supposed to record it tomorrow. It's like, okay, you got to send the money in. But also <laughs> it's like you got everything in there. So what are we going to do? And I don't know. Like, I never really know the answer with that.
4: I feel like it's really tough with the podcast, too, in this case, versus, like, design. Because, I mean, with people who do, like, the half up front and then the other half afterwards. Like, personally, I don't do that very often. Usually what I do is I, like, wait for them to, like, give the final go. I'll send them that invoice, have them do the payment, then I'll send over the files. I don't know how you guys go about it.
3: Yeah, I've heard
5: that's, that's I, common. I definitely... I will not give them files until after they pay
4: same. Yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah. And I, I try to do it, you know, and I let them know up front. Um, like, Hey, once you pay the final amount, it'll give me 24 hour turnaround time to get you files. You know, yeah. um, some people are like, no, you got to do it right then. But I'm like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta package this thing. This could be another, you know, couple hours of work, renaming files, that sort of thing. And so, uh and I, I'm not hundred percent on that. I'm not like, oh, every every project I've ever done it's a twenty four hour file turnaround time. There have been times where I've like went a week without giving them files and that's bad on me, but it's kinda like narc was saying, It's like oh, I just kinda forget about it, I'll get around to it, you know, that's sort life of life happens which is yeah. not good, not good practice <laughs> on my end, because then you got people messaging you like, Hey, where where are my where are my files? Like, are you gonna send this? And then that's a bad name, you know. Now I've got a bad reputation that I don't give files that steal people's money.
6: I mean, I have a story where, I mean, I was working. This was probably last fall. It was like a lo- local thing, you know, someone knew me. And they were like, okay, I'll pay you this much per month, right? And I was like crazy. I was like, okay, they're like, we just need you to do like some social media things, right? And now I don't know anything. And um, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I just start designing for them. You know, like right off the bat, they're like, hey, do this. And I'm like, okay, done. Email it to you. They're like, okay, cool. Okay, do this. Okay, done. And then at one point, I'm like, I'm going to get paid, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, the check's on the way. And then I get the check. I'm like, cool, cool. I got the check. You know, I got like one check. And then it's like the next month. And they're like, oh, do this and do that and do this and do that. And then I'm like, I'm going to get paid. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get paid. You got paid last month. You know, I'm like, sure. Okay, sounds good. You know, there's no contract. Nothing exists. I'm just literally just doing this. Fly, Out of like,
5: flying by the like edge of your seat.
6: Yeah, I'm just like whatever, you know. I'm telling my friends, they're like, "You're getting paid to design, that's sick," you know. They, they don't, they don't. No one knows about design, you know. It's like no one knows about contracts and stuff, you know. It's like the people I'm surrounded with are as lost as I am.
3: Oh man, just the blind so leading so, the blind on that one.
6: And then and then it's like okay, and then and then I'm like, oh, they're like, okay, this month we'll we'll pay you next month, we'll just double it, and I was like, okay, that's I mean, that's not what we agreed to, but whatever, you know. I don't know anything. <laughs> i'm just happy i'm getting paid you know i'm like doing the shit in class like i'm sitting there i'm like designing yeah. and then i'm like sending an email i get home i do another thing whatever i'm not even keeping track of my time ah and then and then and then they they didn't pay me
4: oh no That's the thing. they
6: didn't pay me like two months passed and this guy came he literally came to my house and he was like hey man like you know i'm sorry and all this and He's like he's like next time you should probably have a contract. I'm like yeah, I know that now. Now I realize that. <laughs> did he that.
3: did he back pay you? Did he like hook you up? No, he didn't. Oh my god! I didn't even dude. know about
6: that. I didn't even know about anything like that. This is how I lost and oh I no. said last yeah like probably like, this is more than a dude, year ago, two years ago. I don't know.
4: So this is before oh. you had Nick's class. Oh yeah, dude, way dude, folks okay, yeah. get beat gotcha. up for that shit, man.
6: If I, if, yeah. I told, yeah. if I told Nick, I feel like Nick is gonna hear this and he's gonna smack me, you know, like. Even, <laughs> sorry nick
3: if you're listening to this no
6: people well, i mean he's not funny. literally gonna hit me he's just, he just that it's, it's, it's like having a professor like nick where he's like get paid before have a contract do this do yeah. that you know make everything in writing if someone wants you to do something extra a revision anything have that in writing
5: it's interesting you know, it's yeah. interesting yeah. Sorry. Sorry. no you're fine i'm cutting you off i apologize it's it's interesting to see how other people besides creatives treat creatives in that sense of like oh "Oh, it's this like artsy thing they don't really deal with the formalities but it's like no we we do we've got to protect ourselves as much as we can because I know no one else will
4: well it's also because they think that it's just fun like you're just drawing stuff it's no big deal Mm -hmm. but like there's so much thought process and stuff and I feel like that's something that really helps sell your price like he wanted to know why I was charging that much. And I feel like once you give a breakdown and you explain your process, that really validates the cost and the price that you're giving them. Um, Cause like just explaining to him how logos take research, there's a sketching phase, there's exploration, then you go digital, you have options and go into color and then all the other things that follow that really like that explanation really sold him over. So I, I think people don't really think of creatives like what you were saying. Like they don't, understand that there's so much structure involved in what we do
6: well one thing that helps me is uh, the way I think of it as if I tell someone it's kind of like a service you know if you had a plumber come to your house you wouldn't be like hey why don't you show me like some things <laughs> you know or like if, if someone like did a service for you like for your house for your car you know and they demanded payment you wouldn't be like hey maybe let me think about it or let me look at it let me show my because fr- like, that's some of the things that People will tell me they'll be like, "Oh, let me show my, let me show someone what you did, and maybe maybe that'll be worth paying." It's like, it's it's a it's like the way people think about. It. They don't think about it as a service. They literally think about it like you're selling them a painting or something.
5: Yeah. So, Mike, what was what was kind of your experience? You know, going through this process of charging more or you know yeah. doubling
3: up. Yeah, I loved it, man. I uh, I had some, <laughs> I had a little bit of success, and but maybe because I'm I'm doing with like way smaller projects than what you guys were doing. Um, I picked up, not picked up, but I got more into painting. Uh, this year it was one of my goals, but Sweet. also definitely led into the whole uh, friggin' quarantine lifestyle. Um, I started painting essentially because I was just going out of my mind, just surrounded by the world. Uh, especially during March, I was just going crazy. So I started painting a ton, and it really just led to some escapism. So to- after I painted, I think I painted 20 paintings um, between March and, I think, April. And in that time, I, afterwards, I was like, all right, I'm going to start opening up slow for some commissions, get down my uh, my process. So I started doing a couple commissions. So now I have it down to... Not a science, but I kind of know what my rates are for certain paintings, mainly because painting is one of those things. You really just sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't with a painting. Yeah, you know? what, sometimes
5: you hit it, sometimes you don't. What kind of what kind of paintings?
3: So I do watercolor, okay, cool. and uh, I I especially love uh, architecture watercolor, and I you know. I think it's really, really beautiful. I love like the way that architecture works. And I kind of try to paint really graphic, like a graphic artist. So I've always pay- charged $100 for an eight and a half by 11 painting, um, 75 bucks for a, um, for half of that, for a half size. So that's five and a half by eight and a half. Today's the 24th of August. So I'm trying to plan out what my, my doubling my rates is going to be. I normally do a painting, you know, I do watercolor paintings, I usually charge, you know, a 100 bucks, but I'm thinking about charging 190. And honestly, I don't think anyone's going to take it. But I'm thinking I'm going to have to find a tricky way to do this. I'm going to start posting, I think on uh, Facebook. And then if that fails, I'm probably going to, I don't know, have to make a website or something. Ugh. When we said we're going to double our rate, so true daily double fashion, um, <laughs> you know, I was going to have to charge 200 or 150 or, or more. I, what I did to find clients was I put together some of my favorite pieces that I've done and I blasted it out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I got a little bit desperate and posted that I'm open for commissions on my Instagram, which is pretty desperate, I think. But you know what? It works for other people. It works for real real like folks that paint consistently and who are really this is what their main source of income is. I feel kind of weak doing it like this because I'm you know, I have a real, you know, real quote unquote real job. That's not just painting, but here I am. Here's what I wrote. Uh I'm open for some commissions. I love doing architecture and storefronts, but I'm open for really anything to be a good gift or get yourself situated for Christmas ahead of time instead of leaving until last minute, like always. Give something personal this year. DM for pricing or more work samples. And then throw in all the hashtags, painting and all that good stuff. Let's see if it circulates, but share it to my story. We'll see if anybody bites because it's really embarrassing doing this and then not getting someone to bite. So I'm hoping I get at least one, Maybe. It just takes one to finish up this story. So, (laughs) fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay. It's funny. The different types of cultures that you interact with on different social medias. I wonder, we could have a whole talk about social media. marketing.
5: Yeah, for sure.
3: But I put it out on Facebook and I got a whole bunch of thumbs up from from friends and no dice. And then I put it out on Twitter and I got a whole bunch of retweets (laughs) from you guys too. (laughs) <laughs> and no, and uh, a bunch of people slid into my DMS and none of them went anywhere. And what I've learned about my pricing, I don't ever put it in the post, but as, so, as soon as someone asks me, Hey, what do you charge for painting? I always just copy paste. them basically the same thing. Sla- you know, whack it over to him. Hey, you know, it's this, this, and this, I charge more for faces, uh, mainly because watercolor faces I find very difficult. And I'm also not a portraiture, uh, portrait artist. Someone reached out to me. First one um, was to paint their dog. Here, I'll read you the the conversation. So she hits me up. She responded to my Instagram story. She wrote, how do you feel about dogs? I have a thing about where I get my husband a dog-related art gift for each of our dogs. Need one for the newest dog. (laughs) She's a pointer, maybe like a woodsy scene with her on point. I could send you some photos if it's something you'd be willing to take on. Uh, and then she mentions in my previous painting for one of her relatives. So we're going back and forth. And I haven't dropped how much money it's going to be. But so in my mind, I'd probably do, this would be about 90 bucks, a 100 bucks or so. So now I'm thinking I'm going to try to get it for like, I don't know, <laughs> like 180 bucks. I might throw in a frame though. Frames are an easy way to upcharge a little bit. So probably, if, with a frame, probably gonna be, yeah, 180, which isn't exactly double, but you know what? I feel weird even asking for this much. She's probably gonna say no. But honestly, I'm sticking to the guns, and you guys are gonna find out she says no in about two seconds when it cuts to that. Well, after I recorded that, <clears throat> that last one, saying I got it and I was gonna only do 180, posted it into the rest of the test pilots saying, hey, got one. I sent them that that voice message. And all Nick Longo himself friggin heckling me from the cheap seats saying, ah, 200, you gotta do 200, otherwise it's not real or whatever. And I was like, all right, Mr. Big Baller brand. And everyone just like, so I wrote Mr. Nick Longo, 99 cannons on a retainer, cool guy, heckling me. And Nick laughs, and Eric writes, for $200, Nick sends you a free clip art. And then I wrote, for two hundred dollars, Nick sends a video of him drinking different brands beer. <laughs> so I guess we're doing two hundred. Here it is, two hundred bucks. to yeah. freaking put it out there. And I kind of wanted her to say no Ooh, because really? I figured it would make a better episode. Like I thought it was like maybe this lady rejects me and she's like, ah, it's too much money, and that would have proved my point. But it really, she said yes, didn't even blink at it. So. There's that. And then while I had that picture up, literally this, like the next day a lady hit me up for a, um, for an architectural painting. All right. I got hit up for a different print. So let me read it about, about this. A girl who I sort of know by new fall, my Instagram hits me up and she writes, hi Mike. I was wondering if I could get a drawing done from you since I think your work is amazing. <laughs> uh, I write back. Would love to make a painting for you as well. What sort of picture do you have in mind? She asked me, um, you know, how much, and I said, well, it depends on how big. Uh, I gave her three sizes: eight and a half by five point five, eight and a half by eleven, and fifteen by twenty-two. And she writes, I, I want the eight and a half by eleven. So typically, for an eight and a half by eleven, I would do a architecture painting. And since it's architecture, it's of the Colosseum. I would do an architecture painting for like. 75 bucks, probably 70 bucks, especially cause I kind of know this girl. I'd give her like a little bit of a deal. I definitely wouldn't include a frame. And I definitely wouldn't include shipping, but shipping is only like two bucks, but people think it's like, like 20 bucks. So like big brain move right there, bud. Um, but so she, so 75 bucks. So a true daily double, I write back. So for an architecture drawing at eight and a half by 11, I would do that for 150 and that'll include a frame and shipping. She writes back, ooh, awesome. So, ooh, awesome doesn't exactly mean that she's going to pay me. Uh, She might have to be like, oh, let me check what my budget's like, but she didn't blanch at it, and I did take the advice of double your rates. So, Nick Longo, don't even try to, don't don't at me on this one. (laughs) All right, let's see if she actually pays. All right, get this. Literally, probably 25 minutes later, how do you want me to pay you? And I said, I typically take 50% up front. And she's like, okay, how much? I said, hit me with 75 right now, and I'll try and work on it this weekend, blah, blah, blah. She goes, cool, that's awesome. And she hit me with a Venmo. So you know what? Maybe this doubling your rates thing isn't exactly a hoax after all. And God, I can't believe that's actually true. I am floored. So now I got to actually go paint this thing. <laughs> and I uh, actually, you know, got paid in full for that one. I already mailed oh, it wow. out. So, um, yeah, it's, I take 50% up front, 50% on undone. On, on and all this money, you know, it sounds so bougie, but it's like, I always call it beer
5: money. It's not just for beer. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Well, dude, now you got to <laughs> you double your rate next time until someone says no. Just keep, keep up in it. Just keep, keep up it.
3: So, you know, it's, it's such a, one thing about fine art, I don't know if you guys have gotten into fine art at all, but fine art as in like not digital art. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's so much easier to sell and, and convey the value of because it's so tactile. It's so there. Yeah. Whereas with digital art, man, dude, like,
6: God, how do you, how do you sell that? Right. You know? know And I mean, um, digital paintings, they sell. People who do, like, Photoshop paintings, those things sell. Like then, And the thing about that is they can just do, like, a million prints and yeah. none of them are, are the original, you know? They can just do, like, numbered prints and they can do a hundred at a time or something. And people will pay for those. But if you're like, okay, you spent 10 hours doing a painting or you spent 10 hours doing a logo, all of a sudden that logo is only worth $25, you know? It's like yeah. it's crazy. Like It, it doesn't add up.
5: <laughs> I think the big thing there is, like, you know, everybody can relate to it. Everybody has some sort of artwork in their home or yeah. a poster on the wall or something like that. And they know what they're getting into, especially, you know, the cliche behind fine art is like, oh, there's a paint splat, one paint splatter on a canvas and it's they're selling it for two grand. It's like, I think that has now become ingrained in people's minds of like, that's the standard. And so, you know, when you're selling fine art, people know that they they may they may spend two, three, four hundred bucks on something. Um, with digital art, not everybody can relate to it. Not everybody's starting a business tomorrow or, or understands it or yeah. understands it. It's such a not really, but like a newer concept to a lot of people of uh, someone's behind a screen making a logo versus someone is spending money on oil paints and brushes and a canvas and then they're spending hours upon hours painting it and they probably they they know that better than they know you know the digital side of what we do
3: so guys related to this let's let's quickly shift into kind of like wrapping this thing up so when it comes to doubling our prices the first thing that that I had thought of was this. I read this blog post once upon a time that was about shiny object theory. So Nick, so I, I signed these two these two gigs. So our thing was to double our rates. I thought that this would, wouldn't work. I honestly thought it was going to be, I was going to get like a couple rejections and then I was going to come in and be like, see, proved it. But now I've got it. So what I wanted to ask you about is when you actually do hike up your rates in like the real world, not in just like a, like a controlled setting like we're doing. There's something out there. I forgot what the actual name of the study is, but it's like shiny, shiny object theory, which has to do with when you pay more, you expect more. So when it comes to this, part of the reasons why I've never really wanted to step up my freelancing is because then you get into this shiny object theory where I'm starting to worry that it's going to one take the fun out of it and two cause the client to expect more And okay. how do you handle those things? do you are you just confident enough in your in your ability to deliver that you that you know that you're going to back it up no matter what or do you kind of have a different way to approach it?
2: I would say, well, th- where you really take the big risks in 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 your rates going up are with new clients, right? With with someone who has you haven't put any kind of bid in or had any experience with in the past. So typically, I always say, how do they know I uh, that I'm I'm asking for more? How do they know to expect more when all they've gotten is one quote from me? But obviously, one uh, an existing client, if you went to them and say, hey, my rates have gone up. And it's now here. Sure, I think there's a bigger pressure to to deliver and show that that extra money was was worth it. And you're showing them what you've learned or what you've now got under your sleeve to even do better for them. But the new client, you know, how do they know to expect more? That the only time I'm, I ever get confident enough to really do that with a new client is to be honest with you. When you when I've shared some story or talked to another designer who has told me they've done it. And had good success, so there's always that that reassurance that when you've heard from other people and they say they've done it, uh, it gives you that it gives you that uh, a little advantage that you're like I'm doing something in the in the right direction. All they can do is say either no or um, can we can we can we find a way to make this a little less.
3: I appreciate your time, Nick. You got it, buddy. So I kind of was worried when we said we were going to double our rates. What if we double our our rates and then our clients uh, suddenly treat it and they become huge pains in the neck because, ah, they're paying twice as much, you know, I'm going to be twice as much of a pain in the neck, essentially. Did you guys find that?
4: Well, I feel like it's different in this situation, at least for me personally, because it's not a client that's coming back. It's a new client. So they don't know what my average rate is, which is why it's like they don't expect to have more um if it's a returning client and you're raising the price i could see how that could happen ah yeah
6: i mean if i have anything to say is probably raising like if you're in my situation if you're in school if you're just out of school maybe raising your rates shouldn't be a thing you're thinking about maybe just getting work done just getting the process done which is what i had the biggest problem with was just getting all, going through all those steps. And if you are someone, when you get to a process where you're sending out contracts and proposals and you're doing work, and consistently, you know, not like once a year, if you're doing something consistently. Maybe at that point, you can be like, "Hey, I can make more money doing this." Then consider ra- raising your rates. But um, if you're in my situation, then this is what I'm gonna do: is I'm just gonna focus on getting my process
3: that's really good
6: before before i focus on you know that's a really good mindset to have
2: so good,
3: yeah. or when it comes to freelancing in general even Let's think about it in like a big sense i i think that there's something to be said about even getting your feet in in the in the door and sometimes the way to get traffic and get projects under your belt and learn the, the, the experience of the talk of going back and forth with a client and doing revisions and, and exporting files for the real world and not just for a class, sometimes the easiest way to do that is to have a lower rate. So if we were to take the piece of advice from the beginning of this show, which is, hey, you should double your rate, I think that maybe that's true in the future, Coming out of college and in college or maybe even not even related to college, but when you're starting freelance, maybe you should have a little bit lower rate because it'll be easier to get the experience and your feet wet in the freelancing world. And then as you do that, start looking around, figuring out what your rates are by raising them up until you start getting into the, you know, an area that you feel comfortable with. And and kind of just send it, man. People people don't know exactly what you're doing. Educate them like Rubai said and uh start freaking driving that home and and, and then you'll kind of are gonna be start paid what you're
5: worth. Yeah, definitely. The like the sound bite of like just double your rates. It you know, yeah. it is it's not as like double your rates and you'll get paid more. Yeah, that sounds great but i think it's technically it's, true it's so situ- yeah exactly it's so situational to where well maybe i'm not in the season of life to where i'm able to do that um you know and like narac is saying let's let me iron out my process first and make sure that this is actually attainable everything that you y'all have said has been spot on as far as man doubling my rates like would love to do that but I don't even know if I'm in the place to double my rates. Maybe I need to iron out these things like Narik is saying. And then then once I get comfortable, then we'll, we see if, if that is feasible and I'm able to, to do that. There you go.
4: There's also just like the factor of even setting your rate when you're straight out of college. Like how do you decipher that and decide on that? So like the way that I figured it out was like, I got laid off from the job. I got straight out of college and then I had no choice, but to freelance and trying to, figure out my rate at that point it was so hard so getting the advice of like double your rate that's really intimidating super yeah
3: i think that you know looking it's going to be different for everybody cuz rubai lives in california and i live in north carolina so in and depending on where you are how much for example what your cost of living is and your and your burn you know if you have student student loans but you know if it's not feasible for you to double your rates or for, to you to raise your rates, maybe you got to go the other way and you got to work on quantity and mm-hmm. you just got to be uh, if you're a freelancing man, just just run in that hustle start just start handing out CDs on the side, you know you know what I mean like start building Trump, up maybe. that hype. That's what and saw. in a sense, mm-hmm. no and, matter
4: what, you're still winning too, because you're speeding up your process too, and you're becoming a faster exactly. designer. So at the end, some way, somehow, you're winning.
5: And then you're they're probably learning something along the way as far as how to do business better, quicker. Like you're saying, just yeah. Now, now I know how to haggle more, or now I know how to like mm-hmm. you know talk to clients better or sell sell my service even more. That sort of thing.
6: I like a disclaimer we can thing is. Um... I mean you can have lower rates but I feel like it's the part where people are charging $25 or something that's where it starts hurting the rest of us so maybe maybe like have a reasonable rate you know like something that actually works which is may, may, might be the best advice for someone that's coming out of college which which is like find that reasonable rate don't don't double it and don't also don't ask for $12 cuz when you're asking for you know $15 for a logo or something those same people, they approach someone who's like, you know, it's like Steven who's been doing this for five, six years. And then they're asking him to do something for a hundred dollars, yeah. which is almost like insulting to a point, you know?
4: Yeah. Wow. I feel, well, personally, like with the company I work for, like we outsource things, but we're like using things like design pickle and Fiverr And I feel like, yeah, that's great for like smaller things, like product crops and stuff like that. But when you're mm-hmm. going to say, oh, I can get a logo off of Fiverr for like, 75 bucks. It those services, honestly, I feel like they're doing a disservice to designers who are like independent contractors and freelancers who have this as like their full time source of income. Um so yeah, just that's just piggybacking off of what Narc had to say.
3: Yeah. And I think that you know this brought up like a whole nother kind of realm of um of of anxiety for me. Like I you kind of talked about it. It's You know, I I wonder why I have you know, everybody I think has imposter syndrome to a a certain extent. And I definitely have like a uh, like a a real questioning of like, is my is my art worth it? And I feel like a number of designers that I talk to have that kind of experience as well. Um, I talked to Nick about it. And one thing that was really interesting is there is the the question of, you know, is this work worth the amount of money I'm charging for it? but with the in you know kind of running through the the gamut over and over again you get better and better and better at it and then you kind of build that confidence and then when someone asks you is this worth it you say very confidently yes yes this is worth it this is how much i charge and if people will question it then you know, maybe they don't need a logo from you. Maybe they need a logo from Fiverr, you know? Yeah, so exactly.
4: Yeah, I saw
5: something I saw something recently on Twitter that was kind of talking about that of like Fiverr is not going to replace us. You know, there there is definitely a market for that. There there are people who are willing to spend that or only want to spend that amount of money on said projects and that's what they're gonna spend. They're not gonna spend anything more than that. So they're gonna go to that. I don't think it's replacing us who are who are trying to do this professionally, who are trying to do it full time, who see the value in it, and the clients that you know we're talking to are going after. They also value what we bring to the table. And they probably don't value yeah. the the fivers of the world who are only, you know, costing five, ten bucks for something that takes us a lot of time to do, and it's like there's a there's a market for that thing. There's a market for what we do. Um, yeah, I think it, it's the concept it of, kind of like of
4: you're you're paying what you are your what, what you guys what you pay for, and it's like when you go to a freelancer who's really there with you, step like side by side for the entire process, you're gonna get a lot for your money's worth, versus these companies that are just rush jobs.
3: The real goal, I think, here is not for us to pass judgment on if you all should double your rates or not, it's not like, all right, yes, this is a proven, proven theory, myth confirmed, all that kind of stuff. So provide a little bit of a real life explanation and experience for everybody so they can understand and, and know if maybe they uh, should take a stab at it, give it, test the waters. So I think that this is a cool, you know, interesting project. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, Again, We're the test pilots. And uh, where can everybody be found, you know, in case they want to follow along? Steven.
5: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Steven, S-T-E-V-E-N, underscore Overturf, O-V-E-R-T-U-R-F, or Overturf Design Studio on Instagram. Narek?
6: You can find me anywhere. Like, my handle is the same everywhere. It's Mug N-A-R-E-K-M-U-G. Also on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere.
3: Nice. And Rubai?
4: Um, I'm in the same boat as Narek. My handle is my first and last name on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's R-U-B-A-I-E-J-A-F-F-E-R.
3: Nice. And my name is Michael Burpo. And you can find me um, on Instagram. It's burpsky 15 That's B-U-R-P-S-K-I-15. And on Twitter, it's ballpointpod. And... We'll be back with uh, with another episode in you know just a couple months sooner if you let us know that this is really good. So throw in if you like these kind of episodes, maybe just throw us a, a little thumbs up or you know five star rating or whatever it is you guys do on those pod apps, <laughs> and uh, and let Nick know that that you like these kind of things, and we'll be back sooner than you expect with another episode of the Test Pilots. We are the Test Pilots. I do that idea. All the advice.
4: See if all this stuff is actually what it is.
0: We're here to test that.